This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill, joined today by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And this morning, we're talking about avoiding probate with an expert on estate planning and special needs trusts. Well, what is probate? I know it's a legal word, but after that, uh, I'm going to get some information from this, too. So if you have a question about probate and wills, give us a call. Our number is one 877 MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send us an email to legal terms at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. It's great to have you back and uh, really happy to have Kelly Kyle back on our show today. Uh, Kelly is an expert, as you mentioned, in estate planning and nursing home litigation. Uh, he is uh, a published author, and he even uh, hosts his own radio show on uh, AM 1180 down in the Jackson area, Peace of Mind Estate Planning. You can hear him on Tuesday mornings. He was probably on his show today at 8 o'clock, 8.06. So great to have Kelly on the show. Great to be here, Richard. And in fact, I was just telling Liz it was exactly one year ago today that I was on your show previously. That popped up in my Facebook memories this morning. Well, it's uh, we, it's great to have you back, and yeah, that's that's amazing. It was exactly a year ago. Well, and we'll play fair on our face on our page for the show. We'll put a link uh, to uh, Kyle's uh, Kelly's show. Uh, Kelly Kyle is a partner with Kyle Winn Associates. He attended Mississippi College School of Law, so no rumbling. That's boys. that other school, right, Richard? <laughs> It's you know we we it's a, it's our sister school. We're very uh, you know a lot of great lawyers come out of your school. A lot of great lawyers come out of our school, and that's all we care about. You know in terms of uh, you know how we uh, both train lo- good lawyers for the state of Mississippi. Indeed. And the book that uh, Professor Gershon mentioned is How to Protect Your Family's Assets from Devastating Nursing Home Costs: Medicaid Secrets. That's right. Can't get much more descriptive than that, can you? So, listeners, if you have uh, questions about probate, go ahead. You know, last week was our tax question show, and our phones just lit up the whole hour. So if you have any kind of questions about making your own will, maybe you have an elderly family member and you might become an executor, or you want to know how to advise a family member, go ahead and give us a call now. Uh, Get your question in early so you don't wait till the end of the show. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. And uh, that email address is legalterms 
at mpbonline.org. I know we have some folks who listen to us at work, and maybe you can't talk on the phone, so go ahead and just send us an email. We'll uh, uh, get that answered for you either as a reply email or during the show. So, uh, Kelly, you're going to help us avoid probate. I'd love to help people avoid probate. I think it's very important. It's one of the things that our firm is known for. Uh, we do some informational seminars around the state, We and not only in Mississippi, but in Louisiana as well. And if I can, I want to tell people that we Please have do. some seminars coming up next week on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. We will be uh, in Pascagoula, Ocean Springs, uh, Gulfport, and in Diamond Head. Uh, and those seminars will begin next Tuesday and run through the following Saturday, and people can get information about those seminars on our website. Uh, that's Kyle-Win, K-Y-L-E wynn.com or they can call our office at 1-800-524-4694 and we'll get them signed up for a seminar and if they attend they will learn everything that they've always wanted to know about probate the things you lose in that process uh, the ways of avoiding it uh, and why it might be beneficial to your family to avoid probate and we'll definitely have that information on our website mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. So here we go. Drum roll, please. What is probate? Probate, Liz, is the process that your estate has to go through when you die in order for your assets to be passed down uh, from you to those that you want to inherit it. And uh, we tell people that it's really necessary that you do some planning so that your assets will pass the way that you want them to. If you don't do planning, you're going to get the uh, what I call one-size-fits-all, one-size-fits-none plan that the state of Mississippi will have in store for you. So uh, you need to do something to... To ensure that your wishes will be followed, not the wishes of the state. Uh, and also, you probably want to do uh, a little planning that will ensure that things can be handled as uh, quickly as possible, as inexpensively as possible, and conveniently as possible for your family members. Well, Kelly, as they say, you're big on the coast. We've got calls from Pat's Christiane and Ocean Springs. So we're going to go right now to Michael in Pat's Christiane. Uh, thanks for calling in legal terms. Yes, good morning. I have a concern about transferring the my home or my car to my wife or my kids because Mississippi is a state that does not allow transfer on death, I believe it's called, and I wanted to make sure that all that is taken care of in my estate planning so there's no problems. Okay, well, uh, let's talk about that. First off, your uh, initial statement that Mississippi doesn't allow transfer on death, that's not really correct. Uh, we do have such thing as TOD, transferable on death, POD, payable on death. Uh, and you can put up a, a POD arrangement on your bank accounts. That means that it's your money as long as you're alive, but really uh, at your death, the money does go to whoever you've named as your POD uh, beneficiary. Uh, so that could be your spouse. That could be your child as well. Uh, so Mississippi does recognize payable on death. Uh, so it is a way of avoiding probate. 
um, things that are, are designated that way do not have to go through the probate process. We uh, caution people, though, that just making that POD designation can be sort of hazardous because uh, in the event of your death, well, your named beneficiary certainly will receive that asset, but we make the point that it just goes directly to them. If they have anything unfortunate going on in their life, like a, a divorce, a lawsuit, uh, creditors coming after them or anything, though, then uh, their creditors would be able to uh, directly attach those assets. So be very careful. I mean, it is one of those things that will work, but, uh, you know, we say in our business we deal in the what-ifs in life, and there can be a lot of what-ifs out there. Uh, a more effective way of, of making that transfer on death might be uh, using something we call a revocable living trust, and that can transfer it to your beneficiaries. Again, it avoids probate, but it can provide them with some safety and protection uh, in the event they do have any of those unfortunate situations going on in their life. Got it. Great, great. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Michael. And now we have uh, also on the coast. Oh, we're real big on the coast today. Amber from Ocean Springs. Go ahead. Thanks for calling in legal terms. Hey, um, I have a question about um, administratorship and what the difference is between being an executor and being an administrator. Okay, well, that's a very easy uh, question right there. Both of those uh, terms, the executor and the administrator, uh, that's the person that will basically be charged with carrying out uh, the, the probate estate. You are termed an executor if you are the, uh, the person in charge of a uh, testate estate. In other words, the person did some planning. They at least did a will uh, and named you as executor in their will. You're properly termed administrator if you're in charge of an intestate estate. That means the person did not do a will, or maybe they uh, did a will that was uh, held invalid, or you may be taking the place of someone that was named before. But um, it's kind of a distinction without a difference. Uh, you're the one that's in charge of carrying out the probate, uh, but it just depends on whether the person left a will or not as to whether you're an executor or an administrator. Okay. I have a follow-up to that also. Um, my husband's father died and did not leave a will, and my husband has been named the administrator of the estate. And there's a residential property, and there's a commercial property, and there's a total of four children. Um, is it the judge that gets to decide what we sell the property for, or is it the kids? Or well, how does that? Do you know how that works? If the kids disagree on what to sell it for? Well, it's sort of a combination of all of those factors. Um, I'm dealing with uh, an intestate estate right now, and I'll be appearing in uh, Chantry Court over in Lauderdale County later on today on just such uh, an issue. One of the things we're having to do is have the court legally determine who the decedents. Uh, legal heirs are. Uh, and once we get past that threshold question, then uh, we're going to present an order to the court where hopefully they will give us authority to sell real estate that belongs to the estate. Uh, what we're doing in support of that is we've obtained uh, an appraisal on the property. Uh, we have all of the uh, heirs that have joined in on the petition to sell the property. Uh, and the executor or administrator uh, in 
conjunction with the judge are really the ones that have the sole discretion uh, on whether that property will be sold. Uh, but they have to sell it for what we term a commercially reasonable uh, amount. It, it has to be supported by facts, generally by an appraisal. Uh, and the court may let you deviate a little bit around that just to get around maybe the condition of the property or closing costs or something like that. But an, an executor or administrator had better sell it for pretty close to what the value uh, of the property is. Okay. Kelly, Kelly, I mean, I think this is a, a great question, and, and really, it just shows the importance of how if we plan uh, before our deaths, we can save our families having to try to sort all this stuff, stuff out afterwards. That's exactly right, Richard. That's exactly what we recommend doing. Do some planning so uh, hopefully your family may be able to avoid some of these very expensive and very burdensome court proceedings. Amber, thank you very much for your call. Thank you so much. All right. We've got a couple more calls. We're going to go uh, to Water Valley. But first, we have Tim in Gulfport. Uh, welcome to In Legal Terms, Tim. What's your question? Yes. Uh, my father's quite elderly. And recently, his uh, just a few months ago, his lawyer died unexpectedly. I guess we all die unexpectedly, but... <laughs> Uh, how do I go about getting whatever records that lawyer had concerning my father? Okay, well, good question there. Um, hopefully, there may be other lawyers as part of uh, the firm, but if not... There... No, there's one man operation. Okay, all right. Um, I would use the contact information you have for that office. Give them a call if if the phone is no, not that, being. That number has been disconnected. Oh well, that's uh, a real problem. That's why I'm calling. <laughs> in, in that case, uh, Richard, do you have any input there? I suppose maybe the next uh, step might be getting in touch with the Mississippi Bar and see if they have record if uh, anyone has been appointed or. Uh, otherwise put in charge of winding down the details of that deceased lawyer's practice? Exactly. I think that that's exactly what I would do as the bar. Uh, unfortunately, these situations happen. Uh, you know, uh, a lawyer dies. Sometimes a lawyer's disciplined and suspended, disbarred, and can no longer handle a matter. So the bar will usually have then records of how to uh, to get that information, and that's that's the best advice I could give as well. How long would they have that uh, information available? Um, I would think uh, at least a year or more, um, and there probably are steps that should be taken um, to let clients or former clients know that your file is available for pickup at such and such location, and this is how you arrange for that. Right. I imagine this was a solo practitioner. Uh, you know, it, you know, typically, obviously, if there's a firm, they'll have that information. But, they're, the, you know, from a from a business perspective, I'm sure there are lawyers out there who also would look at uh, that deceased lawyer's uh, business and say, hey, you know, they, they would love to pick up the clients in, in the in the appropriate circumstance. So, you know, I, I, they're, the bar would would be the best place to start. All right. Thank you very much. Tim, we appreciate your call. Willie, we'll get to you after our break. So when we come back from the break, we're going to continue our discussion with Kelly Kyle about wills, estates, and how to avoid probate. I still have some questions we're going to get to, and I didn't even know about the uh, administrator-executor decision. So this, this is interesting for all of us. And if you have a question, please give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 
672-7464. You can also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Now, we realize that not everybody has a chance to listen to the whole show live. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the show at mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB Media app, as is all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill here today with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. And our guest today is Kelly Kyle. And we're talking about probate, uh, you know, really just a, a gift you can give to your family because, you know, my dad passed away and he was a lawyer and it took 10 years to. Did it really? That's <laughs> to, kind of to, an extreme. To finish his, uh, his yeah. estate. Uh, so uh, if, you, if you want to be thought of fondly after you're gone, <laughs> please, uh, tr- my advice is to uh, to try to get things handled for your family. Uh, our number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And this is also proving to be a popular show. So uh, uh, if you if you can't get through, hang on. And as you hear someone drop off, uh, then you can uh, pick up. So next, we appreciate Willie from Water Valley hanging on. Willie, what's your question for our guest uh, Kelly Kyle about probate? Good morning. Well, good morning. My feeling when you're talking about you and your dad, I'm going through that. How, uh, how long has that my, estate been going on, Willie? It's with my sister, and she had a great wheel right out, and with a great lawyer here in town. The problem is, I'm a boy, I had a lot of sisters, and she left it to four, but the trick in it, if someone passed before she did, uh, it drops on down to ain't none of us living, and I'm the baby. And uh, my my oldest sister was, was the executive. She passed uh, before she did, so that dropped down to three of us, and that left my knee baby sister in charge. And for some reason, <laughs> all hell and broke loose. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, is it uh, is it against the law? For her to not to tell me I was in that wheel, I just found out about it in uh, last October, not through my family. Somebody told me to go to the courthouse and pull up some of my relatives to wheel. And uh, she'd been knowing about it. My sister died last March, a year ago, and I didn't know about it till October, and she told me she wasn't going to tell me. Okay. Well, um, as someone has already told you, a good place to start trying to get information about this is at the courthouse. If someone has passed away, 
if they've left a will and that will is going through probate, there's going to be a file in the Chantry clerk's office in the county where that person resided, uh, and it will have in there a copy of the will. It will have a copy of all of the uh, pleadings, the court documents that are relating to that estate. So uh, it's really kind of hard to keep stuff like that uh, private. Uh, if you're having to deal with the probate process. So um, she may have been doing her best to keep you from learning about it, but I'm glad that you have. Uh, and um, by keeping an eye on that court file, you should be able to know uh, what's going on. And there would be certain things that you would be entitled to to get notice of. Um, and you may want to talk to a lawyer in your area, too, just to be sure that your uh, rights and, and what you're entitled to is, is going to actually come to you. Well, do she have a right to start selling some of my sister houses and everything without me and the other sister having a say so with her? Well, if, if that sister is the executor, she is vested with certain rights to uh, deal with property. Uh, generally, they do have to get the approval of the court before it can be sold. But, um, again, they do have authority to deal with it and don't necessarily have to get the approval uh, on each and every transaction of each and every beneficiary. Well, her lawyer, I went and talked to him about a lot of money my sister had in the bank already, and I asked him why me and my sister can't have a drawdown on it, and he told me there wasn't nothing wrong with it. Just have to talk to my sister. She had to sign for it. Well, she won't sign for it, but my other sister, all of us got 33 and a third. It's three of us, and every $100 why we can't get some of that money that's what i'd like to know well uh typically the assets won't be distributed until the estate is closed now there are provisions where uh, in some circumstances beneficiaries can get an advance but it generally means that you would have to get your own lawyer you would have to uh, ask that lawyer to petition the court on your behalf and uh, have the court approve that advance distribution so again if this is a, a complicated family situation Situation and, and tensions are running high and there's a little bit of hostility there on, on either or both sides, it may be something that you really need to look at getting your own lawyer for. Oh, well, I appreciate you telling me that. And I thank you. Uh, well, thanks for your call, and I hope that all goes well. Thanks, Willie. We appreciate your call. Uh, next, we've got uh, Robert from Florence. Robert, we appreciate you calling in for In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Okay, uh, I had one question. Uh, if you only have one child, does, you, does ever the state still have to go through probation? Uh, well, probate is what we're talking about here. And if you have one child, then uh, if there is no spouse, then yes, under our laws of descent and distribution, the one child will get everything. But uh, let me just point this out. In Mississippi, a lot of people seem to think, well, if you die and you have a spouse, then your spouse is going to get everything. Unfortunately, that's not the case. If you pass away and you leave a spouse and uh, a child or children, your your spouse gets only a child's share. In other words, the assets get divided equally between the spouse and as many children as there are. 
So um, to answer your question, if you only have one child, uh, will it still have to go through probate? Well, uh, that kind of depends on what types of assets you have. Uh, if you own real estate that's in your name at the time of your death, yes, that will still have to go through probate. Right. Um, if, I, if I have it set up so that if I die, my wife gets the real estate. Okay. And then if she dies, my son gets it. Okay. Well, what you're talking about is what we call a joint tenancy with right of survivorship arrangement, and that's very common between husbands and wives. And you are correct. When you pass away, uh, your wife would get the property, and that happens without probate. Okay. But then when your wife passes away and it's going to go to your one child, it would still have to go through probate. Um, whether you left a will or not, it would still have to go through probate uh, for uh, title to pass to your child. Okay. And one way that I think you can look at it is probate, really, a, a deceased person cannot own property. So there has to be some way to change the title to that property. And, and in, unless you've uh, set up a trust, as Kelly mentioned, or joint tenancy with rights of survivorship, the only way to change that title is some court process. And that's really what probate is. That's right. It, it's a way of uh, really completing every link in the chain of title uh, on that property. You know, we have to have a chain of title that goes all the way back to uh, the the U.S. Uh, government's patent, uh, giving it away from the government initially, and we have to have every buyer uh, and every uh, owner uh, properly documented. And when someone dies owning property, uh, probate is what provides that that link in the chain of title to the new owner. It's also a way of ensuring that your creditors uh, get paid as well. Um, that's another issue that we have to deal with in the probate process. Thank you, Robert. We appreciate your call. Okay, here's my question. Uh, the husband and I are probably going to be buying a different car in the next month. Can we uh, purchase the car and have on the title both our names uh, with joint in joint tenancy with right of survivorship? You can actually just put both names on it, and you really don't even have to put that joint tenancy designation on it. In Mississippi, uh, my uh, understanding has been that if either spouse's name uh, are on the title, then either spouse can deal with it, certainly in the event of, of one's death. The survivor would be able to handle it. Good to know. All right, we've got another call. All waiting uh, from Hernando. We've got Jay. Jay, thanks for calling in legal terms. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, my question is the power of attorney. Is that something y'all can cover today? Yes, sir, certainly. And I'm glad to hear a call coming in from Hernando. Our firm is very proud to have an office there in Hernando. We're right on the courthouse square uh, on Caffey Street behind the courthouse. Okay. Uh, my question is, is um, can you explain to me about the power of attorney? I know there's two different power of attorneys. One is while they're alive, and the other one is whenever they pass. Well, let's talk about that. That's actually incorrect, if I may point that out. A power of attorney is good only while you're alive. It's not valid for a moment after you pass away. So a power of attorney will only help uh, while the grantor, the person that gives it to you, is alive. Um, and even so, we point out to people that there can be very big problems with powers of attorney. Uh, a power of attorney is only as valid as the person that it's presented to uh, is really willing to honor it. And unfortunately, we are seeing more and more banks and other financial institutions that take the position today that we don't honor powers of attorney. 
So um, it's kind of a chance you're taking. Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Uh, we point out to people that uh, the time that you need a power of attorney is if you become incapacitated. And if your power of attorney won't work, then maybe the better alternative is to have your property in a trust. Uh, that will let it pass on to your beneficiaries after your death. It will also avoid probate, but it will also, very importantly, uh, take care of what happens if you become incapacitated uh, during your lifetime. So, so what you're saying is that if somebody has, you see, you make sure I understood this correctly. So there's no power of attorney after death. That's correct. I'm saying that the first one would be while you're alive. But you're saying that there's no power of attorney after death. There is a power of attorney does not work after you have passed away. That's that's when it's necessary to pass your assets on through the probate process. Is, Is there another name that they use for that? particular action that I'm talking about? Well, like I said, after you pass away, then it becomes necessary to pass the assets down to uh, the beneficiaries in your will or your trust, or uh, if you haven't done planning, then to pass them on to those that the state of Mississippi would pass them to. And that's when we get into the probate process, if you haven't taken steps to avoid that. Would, would that be an executor or the administrator? That's right. The executor, uh, if we have a testate estate, administrator if it's an intestate estate or possibly the trustee if the deceased person had uh, created a trust before their death. Now, I think, you know, one one thing that maybe the caller might be confusing is something that is within a trust called a power of appointment. And that's where you give a trustee, even after death, to make decisions about, you know, should I, should I pay out income? Should I pay out uh, the principal of the trust to someone? And that's a power of appointment which can survive death. But as Kelly said, the, the power of attorney, you can only give somebody the power to do what you could do. And you can't do anything after you're dead, as far as I know. So that's why it, it ends at death. Jay, I hope we helped you out with that. We're going to take our next break now. So you're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Uh, we've got some a few open lines. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We've got an email and then we've got Mike and Meridian and Jesse in Union County when we get back from the break. Thanks for listening. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hey, 
Good morning. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert, and we also have a guest expert. It's Attorney Kyle Kelly. And this morning, we're talking about probate. Uh, Our phone lines are all full up, so uh, when someone comes off, you're welcome to give us a call. Our number is 1-877-672-7464. Before we go to the phones, we've gotten an email. My wife and I have a will in which we give everything to each other and or to our kids. We just purchased a condo, and we bought it as an LLC to avoid issues with renters. Would this be included as property in our will? Do we need to modify it to it include an LLC? Okay, good question. Um, if you have a will and it says I leave everything to my spouse, if my spouse has predeceased me, I leave uh, it all to our children in equal shares. Uh, even if you have added property after executing that will, it is still going to be included uh, in the property described in the will. So there's really no uh, modification or anything that needs to be done uh, just because you've added property or even added the property as an LLC. It will still pay pass uh, according to the terms of the will. But again, remember, it's one of those things that will have to go through the probate process. All right. Well, we're so glad uh, you were able to answer that for our emailer. So now it looks like uh, Mike and Meridian, we appreciate you holding on. Uh, Go ahead with your question. Thank you. Basically, my question is, what is the difference between a will and a trust? And when is one appropriate and as opposed to the other. Okay, very good question. Uh, The difference in a will and a trust. Well, a will doesn't do anything until you die. That's the primary difference. Well, a trust is something that you set up during your lifetime. You have the benefit of it uh, during your lifetime. The will has to go through probate where a trust does not. So uh, that's another uh, big advantage, I think, at least, of of having the trust over the will. Um, When is one appropriate? Well, it really just depends on what you want your family to be able to uh, avoid, I think. Well, let me interject at this point. I have outlived all my family, parents that are deceased, spouses deceased siblings are deceased. So uh, so who would your potential beneficiaries be? And you don't have to give me specifics, but are we, are we talking about charities? Yeah. Uh, Charity. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, you might be just as well uh, to dispose of your property after death uh, by a will. Uh, You could appoint uh, someone that is trusted, someone that's known to you uh, to be your executor under the will. They would then be charged with um, taking charge of the situation, probating the will uh, in the county there where you reside, uh, distributing it to the uh, ultimate beneficiaries, the charities that you're leaving it to. And uh, because we're not talking about family members that you would have to put through that probate process, uh, you might very well be just as okay with doing a will as as having a trust. I will say, though, that perhaps having a trust would uh, ultimately pass more of your estate on uh, to the charities because the cost of administration of it would probably uh, be less. So that's one factor that you might want to consider. Okay, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, Next, we'll go 
to Union County, and Jesse has called. Thanks for calling in legal terms, Jesse. Go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, I'm, I'm calling in response to to a wheel. I, I heard them talking about the wheel and probate. I have I have property that I have will to my my two daughters, and and what I want to know is that I have since then um, uh, deeded the property over to one of my daughters. How does that work in in, in the probate? I mean, uh, if if I die, uh, will my property be in probate still? With a deed, I have deeded the property to a daughter. Okay. But, it, and I also have put the same daughter and another daughter in a will. Uh, oh, and and, and you've listed the same property in the will. Uh, yes, it, it it was listed in the will, but since the will was taken out, then then I have deeded. Okay. The property Understood. To, uh, um. Since you have deeded that property away and no longer own it, the terms of that will will be invalid. Uh, that property is no longer in your estate, so uh, the will would have no force and effect over uh, that particular property. Now, if you've said, I leave everything else to those two daughters, then any other property will still pass that way. But since you no longer own the property or won't own it at the time of your death, the will will be ineffective as to that already deeded property. All right. So so there won't be any probate, anything holding it up. I mean, it's already in my daughter's name. That's right. There would not be any probate as to that property, but I don't know what else you have, and you don't have to tell me, but uh, if you have other real estate, then it would still have to go through probate. If you have bank accounts that just have your name on it, those things would still have to go through probate. But again, the property you've deeded away is no longer yours. If I have a a bank account, I mean, with, with this same person as beneficiary, will it still have to go through probate? No, sir. If you have a beneficiary on it, then it will avoid probate also. All right. That's what I want to know. Thank you much. Oh, thank you. We're so glad that you called in. Uh, next, we're going to go to Columbus. Uh, we love our uh, Columbus listeners. And Irving is on the, lo- on the line. Uh, thanks for calling in legal terms. Go ahead with your question. My question is, I'd like to see that my property, real estate, all the other things are um, payable on death accounts and things in that order with the wife. I'd like to, um, I've been, I'd like to avoid the probate and all the rest of it to deed the house and the land. Uh, Can I do tenants by the entirety with full rights of survivorship, not as tenants in common, and the wife gets it if I die, or vice versa? Okay, uh, let me make sure I understand. You're wanting to make sure that it passes on to your wife, and you threw out the term tenancy by the entireties. Um, That kind of takes me back to first-year property uh, in law school 28 years ago. Uh, Tenancy by the entireties is an arrangement that can only exist between spouses. Um, and it is a, a survivorship arrangement. It means when one uh, of those tenants passes away, then the other one owns it entirely. Now, uh, 
after it goes from one spouse to the other, as we told one of the previous callers, there would still have to be a probate to pass it on to the next generation if steps aren't taken to avoid that. But it can't be tenancy by the entirety. Uh, that, again, can only be between spouses. Okay. So then um, if I have my deeds um, rewritten with this tenancy um, um, that we just talked about, then the wife will avoid any kind of involvement with the children. That's right. The children will have no claim to any of that property. It goes uh, immediately to your wife uh, at, at the drawing of your last breath. Well, that's the way I want it to go. And then from there, I'll let her work out. <laughs> or, or vice versa, she goes, then, hey, I don't want anybody um, laying claim on properties that we jointly own. Okay, I do appreciate your help, and I appreciate your program. Thank you so much for your call. All right, we've got, uh, let's go to Karen in Gulfport. Thanks, Karen, uh, for calling in legal terms. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, you might have answered a few of my questions, but my mother owns a small house, two cars, and a bank account. And I'm trying to figure out whether having a trust or having a will would be the better thing. But then I heard you say that you can actually deed your property to somebody before you die, and then it won't go into probate. Am I right about that? Well, that's right. If you don't own it at the time of your death, there would be no reason for a probate. And a lot of times we have people that come to us and uh, they say, in fact, I met with a, a 90-something-year-old gentleman not too long ago, and he said, uh, hey, let's face it, I'm not going to be around that much longer. Can I just go ahead and give it to my kids now uh, and avoid this whole probate thing? And I said, yes, sir, you can do that, but let's, let's talk about a couple of things that you need to be aware of. If you give that property away during your lifetime but then need that property or the money to take care of you, are the kids going to be willing to give it back? So that's a factor that has to be taken into consideration. You also have to think about um, when you give property away to someone, uh, put it in their name, well, they now have complete control of that property, and they can give it away themselves. They can sell it. They can put a mortgage on it. If they can't make the payments on it, then it winds up in the hands of their creditors. Uh, also, by giving property away to your children during your lifetime, if it has appreciated in value during the time that you've owned it, uh, you're probably giving them a capital gains tax bill that will come due later on. Yeah. So uh, on the other hand, if they inherit that property from you, they get a, a step up in tax basis on it. So it, it erases those capital gains. So uh, giving it away may be the simplest way of doing it, but it's not always the right way of doing it. Okay. And... Can you give it to all three children, or do you have to give it to one person? No, you could give it to all three in equal shares. Okay. Even if it's land, you can give them a one-third undivided interest in that land. But like I said, it it may be the simplest way, but a lot of times it's not always the best way. And if you have a bank account with uh, a daughter's name or a son's name on it with you, does that make it so that they can access the money and close the account and split it up between the kids or whatever? Well, they can do exactly what you said. They can close the account, but whether or not they split it up between the other uh, family members is entirely up to them. By you putting them on that account, you have made them a co-owner of the account, and under the terms of, uh, under the eyes of the law, then the funds belong to them. 
and they're under no legal obligation uh, to divide it with their siblings. Well, my last question is, there a, a place down here on the coast that you can uh, have a trust made? Is there anybody you recommend if you want to put it in a trust? Well, if, if you're on the coast, as I said, our firm is doing some estate planning seminars there next week. Uh, we're going to be in uh, Pascagoula, Ocean Springs, Gulfport, and Diamond Head. So one of those ought to be fairly close to you. Uh, our, fir- our firm also has an office in Diamond Head and has had for about 15 years. So uh, we would be happy to talk with your family about that situation. If you'd like to uh, get more information about the seminars, give us a call at one 800 524-4694 and we'll be happy to uh, sign you up. And Karen okay. will also have uh, the list of those seminars on the webpage uh, at mpbonline.org slash in legal terms uh, for anyone who's interested in that. So Karen, we thank you for your call. We're going to take our last quick break uh, for the show. We're talking about probate with our guest, attorney Kelly Kyle. We're so glad that you've been listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. This has been such an informative show, and at MPB, we're so privileged to be able to bring you experts where you can call in to have your questions asked. But if you've uh, if you've interest you're interested in the show, but you might have missed some of it, please remember that you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org. It's also available on the MPB Media app, as is all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Well, Professor Gershon, we we miss you here in Jackson. How's it going up there? Great, and Kelly's just doing a great job. And you know, this is such an important topic. And the main thing is. It's about communication and instructions, really. Leaving, you know, communicating with your family, not writing a mystery novel, not surprising everyone with what, what you've done, talking to people about it, and then uh, writing a good set of instructions, whether that's a trust or a will, to let people know what is expected of them after someone dies. Fantastic. Let's take, uh, we've got a call and an email. Let's go to John in Meridian. Thanks for calling today, John. Go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. It's a different subject, but um, I uh, co-signed for a car for a guy, and um, he quit paying on it, and I paid on it for two years, and it got to where I wasn't able to pay on it, so I had to surrender it, and they said that they would make me pay the difference. Uh, What do I I expect from that? Well... You have to be very careful when you agree to co-sign for someone because what you're really agreeing to do is pay that debt if they don't. And uh, unfortunately, in this case, the original debtor has uh, ceased to pay on it. And uh, you said you're not able to do that. So they will, uh, I believe you said it was a car. They will now sell the car uh, at auction and get the best price that they can for it. But if there's any... uh, 
remaining indebtedness on the note after the the car is sold, then that's what we call a deficiency. And they will then pursue a deficiency judgment against you or the uh, original borrower. And uh, unless you're going to file bankruptcy or otherwise be able to negotiate that indebtedness down, there's probably not a lot you can do about it. Okay. All right. And they said that uh, they couldn't make the guy that uh, co-signed, they couldn't make him pay, but they could make me pay. Yes, sir. Well, like I said, when you sign on that dotted line as a co-signer, you are agreeing to pay if the original borrower does not. So be very, very cautious. And I bet you won't make that mistake again, will you? No, I won't. <laughs> Yikes. Sorry about that, John. I'm glad that uh, uh, we, you right. were able to call in. All right. Okay, we have. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, we have an email. Uh, the question is, do you have to use an irrevocable trust to protect assets from nursing home expenses and future spouses? Or is a trust that is not irrevocable that can protect assets from those situations? Thank you for giving your time on the show. Okay. Um, we have been talking before about trust, and yes, the types of trust that we've been talking about generally when we're doing just estate planning are revocable trust. You have asked about an irrevocable trust, and yes, that is the type of trust that we typically use when we need to uh, protect someone from large nursing home expenses uh, or even future spouses, as you mentioned uh, in your email. Uh, an a, an irrevocable trust is what you need in that situation. And let me explain the difference in an irrevocable and a revocable. Well, one thing, the difference is obvious. The irrevocable trust is just that. You can't change it uh, once it's been put in place. The revocable trust, you can change. The other major distinction is that with the irrevocable trust, you are not the trustee of that trust. You have put those assets in trust and someone else is in charge of them. They are the trustee of it. And by removing those assets from your custody and control, uh, you now do have some asset protection there. Uh, getting those assets out of your name, putting it in a trust with someone else as trustee, if you do that five years before you go to the nursing home, uh, as everybody knows, uh, gets those out of your name and, and doesn't make them countable for Medicaid purposes. But uh, short answer to your question, an irrevocable trust is what you need to do uh, to accomplish what you have asked. What a day this has been. Thank you so much, Kelly Kyle, for being a guest on our show. Thanks, Liz. It has been my pleasure. Also, Ask me back anytime. Uh, maybe 365 days from exactly. today. Exactly. <laughs> if not sooner. Maybe if not so. not sooner. Fantastic. That's going to wrap up uh, today's In Legal Terms. We will have on our website uh, the Kyle Wynn and Associates um, seminar, information. seminar information that's going to be on the coast and Louisiana. Uh, we have a lot of Louisiana listeners too. So our call screener for today's show has been Michelle McAdoo. Our board engineer in Jackson has been Jay White. And in Oxford, Tracy Daniel helps us out. So Professor for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. And up next is our Tuesday Southern Remedy show, Relatively Speaking. Join us again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 